came expecting God to do something in this place today. Amen. Amen. It is a true privilege to be able to be in his presence. Amen. I don't count it. I don't take it for granted. I try not to take it for granted. Amen. To be in his presence is, is an honor. It's a true privilege. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. John chapter 18, verses 4 through 7. It says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things <clears throat> that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith to, to them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. If you can bear with me for a little while this morning, I'm going to preach, maybe teach. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want uh, God to be able to move in this place this morning. Amen. And it has, no, it has nothing to do with me. It's all about God. Amen. And how re you respond to his word. Amen. Praise God. We need him this morning. Amen. Let's, let's reach out to him this morning. Let's ask him to step in this place. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. God, I pray that the Holy Ghost would have its way in this house today, God. I pray that you would not just anoint me, God. Lord, because I, I desperately need you, God. I am nothing without you. But God, I ask that you would anoint these lips of faith today, God. I ask that you would help me to deliver what you laid upon my heart. But God, open our hearts today that we can all receive your word, God, with meekness, Jesus. Leaving this place different. Leaving this place changed. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, let's worship him in this place today. Oh, we love you today. Oh, you are worthy to be praised. God, I give you glory and honor and praise today, Jesus. Lord, there is none that compares to you, oh God. Lord, your greatness is unsearchable, Lord. Lord, this world cannot contain the books, Lord, that could be written of your goodness just when you were upon the earth. Lord, you are awesome and mighty, God. I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for your greatness today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, the first thought I had when I was given this text in prayer, it's like, Lord, this is an Easter passage. I'm not supposed to be teaching about Easter at Christmas time. Amen. I'm not going to dwell upon the whole context of this passage, but I want to pull from it, amen, and begin to teach from it. Use this as a launching point, if you will, amen. So I am teaching about his death a little bit, but it was because he came, he was born, and he died upon the old rugged cross, so we have an opportunity to live for him eternally, amen. Praise God, praise God. You're going to preach with me this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this passage, I, I want to look at the context here a little bit. <clears throat> um, I want to simply title this today, 
Whom do you seek? Whom do you seek? Amen. What I want to look at in this, in this passage is, is the simple fact that, yes, this was in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was after the Passover. This is after Jesus prayed for the apostles and he prayed for us. Amen. And uh, this is after he, he prayed and, and, and sweated, as it were, great drops of blood. Amen. This, this was after the time that we read of his agony when he was alone, when his disciples fell asleep on him, when he needed them most. Amen. But this is after all of that, just immediately after that. And uh, I'm not going to take the time to go and read all of it, but uh, I'm going to kind of just skim over this so I can get to where I'm going. I got a lot of stuff to, that I got to go through. So, amen. <clears throat> but we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane here with his disciples where they had been praying and some of them sleeping. Um, we find Judas here is where he betrays the Lord. Amen. This is the act of his betrayal. Amen. This is where we find in, in, in John chapter 18 where Judas knew where the Lord was going to be because the Bible tells us that the Lord would go there often. He would, he would retire here often with his disciples. Amen. Um, but you find Judas relying upon what Jesus, every human being is a creature of habit. Amen. And Jesus obviously had some of those habits. Amen. He had a place he liked to go place that he liked to spend time with his disciples and Judas knew about it amen and so Judas got together he went to the high priest he got a band of men it says in verse number three of John chapter 18 if you're wondering where I'm at <clears throat> he got a band of men and a, a group of officers from the chief priests and he begins to go into where he knows Jesus is going to be amen when we, when we took our text, we're at this point where Judas and Jesus meet and this band of men. And Judas has already said, I, I will kiss the man who is the one that you're going to take. And Jesus says, Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss. Amen. But he still calls him friend. But when Jesus, the Bible tells us in verse 4, Jesus therefore knowing all things that, was, that should come upon him he went forth Jesus didn't just stay there and wait for them to come to him but the Bible tells me that when he knew that they were coming he went and met them amen he wasn't afraid I would have turned around I would have hid behind something that I knew that I thought they couldn't find me behind I'm a chicken like that but the Lord wasn't. He knew he had to suffer. He knew he had to die. And he went to these men and he looks at them and he says, Whom seek ye? Amen. And they answered in verse 5, says Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am. And that's it. Amen. I remember the day that I had this revelation. I was, I don't. I don't remember where I was in this sanctuary, but pastor was teaching on this passage of scripture. And he began to go through here. And I don't know if you have your Bibles open to our text deal, but if you've got a King James Version, look at verse number five, in the red letters there. There's two words 
there that are in regular print, the he is italicized. That simply means that the translators, that, that was what the translators would do when they thought they needed to clarify a stanza that they had put in there. Amen. So in the original, this would have read, Jesus saith unto them, I am. He would not even have been there. And when I, when he, when I got that revelation, I've always held on to that very fact because you read in the next verse verse number six and it says as soon as he said unto them i am they went backwards and fell to the ground amen when i began to look at this again today it began to be refreshed in my mind that it wasn't these men went brother jared they went to meet a man they went to capture a man and take him back and try him for his, his, his wicked deeds. That's what they went for. But these men, when they came, the man Jesus Christ, he wasn't afraid of these folks. He wasn't afraid of what they were about to do to him. He knew what he was about to face. But yet, when, when he went to them, the God inside of him just stood up and says, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He looks at them and he said, I am. And the power of those words, the power of the words coming from the almighty God knocks these men backwards. They fall upon the ground. They could not understand what is this that we just came in contact with. Hallelujah. These men were not expecting anything powerful. They were expecting one man. They were expecting some kind of, uh, of retaliation, I'm assuming, because they brought so many people. But Jesus looked at them in another passage. You can read. He says, Judas, why, why did you come? Why, why, did, why did you all come to get me? I'm one person. He said, I was with you in the synagogues. I was there in your cities. Why didn't you take me then? But you gotta come out here like I'm some kind of a angry mobster, and you gotta you gotta have you gotta have multitudes of people to take me. Amen. He wasn't afraid of those folks. I believe those men were ready. Those men were ready to attack if they were attacked by Jesus and the disciples. But the Lord, He said, "I'm not. I'm, I'm going." Isaiah tells us that He He went as a lamb before the shearers is dumb. He, he went willingly. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I began to think again, the power of, of, of the power that Jesus contained inside of him. These men were not expecting that power. These men came expecting to find a man, a simple man. But when they came and Jesus asked, who are you looking for? Whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, in all of his glory and power, I am. Hallelujah. And the power of those two words being spoken knocks these men backwards. And they fell upon the ground. Amen. These men not expecting to, to encounter the awesome God. These men were not expecting to encounter the God of the universe when they went to receive Jesus Christ and take him to Pilate and to be tried. They, 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 they were not expecting any kind, of, any kind of force like that. They didn't realize what they were getting into, but they were seeking Jesus Christ. 
Amen. I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. This is the same I am that we, we can read about in, in Exodus where, where we find Moses. He's in, the, he's in the wilderness. He's tending his father, his father's sheep. And he's, he, he goes back in the mountains. And, and a sheep, I'm assuming, maybe ran away or something. And, and all of a sudden, he realized up in the mountain there was a bush that was burning. But it wasn't being consumed, and his curiosity got the better of him, and he went on up there, and he began to look at it, and a voice came out of there, and they began to converse, and began to talk about things. Miracles happened. God began to show Moses, I'm going to use you. I want you to go back into Egypt. I want you to, to, to give a message to my people. I want you to go before Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And, and, and all these things took, took place, and when they all came down to an end, Moses said, Lord, whom shall I say sent me? And God answered him out of the fiery bush. Says, tell them, I am has sent you. Amen. Tell them that the God of the universe, the God that will be anything that you need him to be. At that time, he was Israel's deliverer. At that time, he was, he was Israel's salvation from, from, from all those things that they have been bound with in Egypt. Hallelujah. And he can be that same thing today. He is still the I am. It was the I am that wrapped himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us. He became that priest that could not be touched with our infirmity. He is the high priest, uh, hallelujah, that, 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 that suffered all of our temptations. Hallelujah, the I am is the one that came in flesh. Hallelujah, praise God, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Amen. Jesus was not just an ordinary man. We all know this. We all know this. They didn't realize it. John chapter 1 tells us. He came into his own, his own received him not. Amen. They didn't realize who he was until Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Amen. In fact, Jesus was born of a virgin. He was born of somebody that was there amongst them. They just lived there. Mary was just an ordinary person. She wasn't some heroic woman. She was just another girl there in the town. And she began, and she was visited by, we most of us know the Christmas story. She was visited by the angel and said, the power of the, the Almighty shall overshadow you. And you're going to bear a son. And you're going to call his name Jesus. Amen. She, she was with child of the Holy Ghost. Pastor taught on this last week. I don't feel like I need to go into that explanation. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 and chapter 1 verse 20 both tell us now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost in verse 20 we find Joseph in a dream but while he thought on these things Joseph's thinking well my fiance my wife she is pregnant and I know it's not my child I need to put her aside but God came to him in a, in a, in a dream and, and told him. But while he thought on these things, he was thinking about these things. What am I going to do? Amen. It's bringing shame to my family now. Amen. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
he was conceived of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, if you will. Amen. He was not an ordinary child. He was not an ordinary child. The birth from the conception to his birth, nothing was ordinary in this whole situation. In his birth, I don't read of another birth in all of history that you find all of heaven rejoicing. Not in the scripture, not in history books. I've not found it anywhere. But this one, there was something about this birth. It was born of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, if you will. It was born of, of unnatural causes, if you will. But he went and he was laying, his mother had, and, his, and, his, and Joseph had to stay in a stable. The most uncleanly place in the world. That's not where I would have thought a king would have come, but he came in a stable. And the angels were rejoicing over a baby born in a stable. Amen. There is nothing ordinary about this whole situation. Amen. Luke chapter 2 verses 13 through 15, we find where the angels are rejoicing. And this is after the angel came and spoke to the uh, shepherds there in in verse 13, Luke chapter 2 verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and the, on the earth peace and goodwill to men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Amen. What, what is ordinary about a heavenly host coming down and meeting shepherds out in the middle of a field somewhere just to announce the birth of the, of the God child, that, 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 that child that, that was born of the Holy Ghost, that child that was born of, of a virgin, hallelujah, that had known nobody else but the Holy Ghost overshadowed and, 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 and brought conception there. Amen. Jesus was not just an ordinary child either, but he is God incarnate, if you will, or he is God in the flesh. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Hallelujah. Jesus was not just another ordinary man, Brother Jared, that was just born on a, on a, on a day just, just randomly. But he was, he was planned from the beginning of time. This was God's plan from the first day of the earth existence. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Hallelujah. My Lord, hallelujah. That word came to existence. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. We, we know that Jesus was God in flesh. We know that he came to this earth to seek and save that which was lost. We're going to go to those scriptures in a few moments. But the Holy Ghost has come in this place today and is available to each and every one of us today because he came and he sacrificed and he, he paid the price that we had to pay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 14 verses 10 and 11 says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you. 
you. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in my Father, Jesus said, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Just look at what I've done. Who can do this? Not an ordinary man. An ordinary man can't heal the blind. An ordinary man can't raise the dead. An ordinary man can't can't heal the deaf. An ordinary man can't raise up a lame man. An ordinary man cannot cannot uh, forgive sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. Amen. I believe somebody can leave this place with that unordinary, with that unordinary God inside of their life. Hallelujah. You can leave today changed in Jesus' name. God didn't, God didn't roam himself in flesh and come and dwell among us and to suffer all those things that we could come to a church service and walk out the same way that we've come. But he came that we should leave different. He came that we should leave changed, walking a completely different direction than what we came when we came in the back door of the church today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19 said, In all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. By Jesus Christ. And hath given us, given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, most of us know this. To wit, that God was in Christ. It was God in Christ. The whole context of this, this chapter here is talking about salvation. This whole chapter is talking about salvation. And one of those things we have to understand, that it wasn't just another ordinary man that came and hung upon a cross. He was not just another martyr. He was not just another prophet. You go back to Matthew chapter 16 where he says, whom do, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they, they answered and said, well, some say you're Isaiah, some Jeremiah, some maybe John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. Jesus looked at them and he said, whom do you say that I am? Do you really know who God is? That's what I've come preaching to you today. How great is my God? How great is your God? That he would robe himself in flesh. Hallelujah. To wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Not both of them. But because it would have said themselves. But it says to wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It was God. Hallelujah. I love this message. I love this revelation. We've got to understand who is God. Who are you seeking in this place today? Did you just come expecting another ordinary church service? Did you come expecting just another ordinary preacher to get up here? Yeah, I'm ordinary. I promise you. But God is not. God is not. Hallelujah. He is the most unordinary thing in, the, in all the universe. Hallelujah. Who in the world can say, 
When, when Joshua looks and he sees that the day is coming to an end and he's still in battle and he looks and says unto the sun, stay still. And the sun stops because God responded to his faith. Hallelujah. What God in the universe can make time go backwards for any, for any reason whatsoever? What God in the universe can, can, can reach down and put a child inside of a woman's womb and have a child be born of, of, of the Holy Ghost? No other God can do these things. What God can speak and things become when they were not even in existence before? Light came. The sun came. The moon came. The fish. Everything in creation came because of this unordinary God that I'm talking to you about today. Hallelujah. 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 One last verse here talking about how... God was in Christ. Hallelujah. And verse Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, And without controversy, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. It was God who was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels he was preached unto the gentiles and believed on in the world and he was received up into glory amen if i had time we could break down this verse and we can show you through scripture that all of these aspects that the apostle paul told timothy about all of these things were were, were descriptions of jesus christ Amen. You understand today, you got to understand today that Jesus Christ is the same one that created the heavens and the earth at his spoken word. We already made reference to it, but John chapter 1 verse 3, 1 through 3 says, And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jumping down to verse 14, and we get to see who this, who this word really was. It says, and the word was made flesh, and it dwelt among us. Hallelujah. The plan that was with God from the beginning was Jesus. Hallelujah. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Hallelujah. Who is the image of the invisible God? We're talking about Jesus here. If you were to go previously in this chapter, you would see that Jesus is the subject here. It says, who is who is Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth that are visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things confess, consist. How come we don't have scriptures on the wall? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to know that these scriptures are in the scripture. These scriptures are there. I'm not just pulling them out of thin air. These things are right here in your Bible. You pick up your Bible, and you begin to read. 
Jesus Christ, you can find him from Genesis to Revelation. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Everything in the New Testament points to Jesus. You can't get by without Jesus. Amen. Hebrews tells us that all things in the Old Testament were done as an example of things to come. Amen. I'm not going to jump into all that. I've been, I've been intrigued about how many different things throughout the scripture in the Old Testament replicate our walk with God. Brother Weems and I have talked about it many times. But if you go and you look at the tabernacle itself even, you find very many parallels to your walk with God. Amen. To mention salvation. Amen. You have to go to the altar. You have to sacrifice for your sins at the altar. When you're finished at the altar, you move on to the brazen laver. What is what 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 does the brazen laver represent? The brazen laver represents baptism in Jesus' name. You have to go through the water before you get to walk into his presence and he fills you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's there there I could go time after time throughout the scripture and begin to show you these parallels salvation itself has been God's plan from from the beginning of time and he has revealed it to mankind time after time after time amen hallelujah praise God Jesus himself is the fulfillment of the law amen he came to fulfill the law he tells he told, he told some folks that he was talking about, talking to one day. He said, I am come not to destroy the law, but I am come to fulfill. I am come to fulfill everything in the law. Amen. Praise God. These soldiers that we talked about, I haven't forgot about my text. These soldiers that we talked about in the beginning, these men that came out with Judas, they came out seeking, we talked about this, a man that they considered to be blaspheming, speaking against God, claiming to be something he was not. This is why they tried, this is why they put him to death, is because they put words in his mouth. Amen. But in the end, they realized there's something different about this individual. No other man, when they came to them and they asked, whom do you seek? And they said, I'm looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And they fell backwards and fell on the ground. Brother Dale, if I came to you and, I, and, you, and you saw me come and you said, who are you looking for? And I told you I'm looking for Dale Davila. And you said, I am. I promise you, I probably wouldn't fall backwards and and, and, and land on my, on my backside on the ground. Or Brother Weems, if I came to him and I said, and he looks at me and said, who are you looking for? And I told him, I'm looking for Lorenz Weems. And, I, and he said, I am, I promise you. Unless he's got real bad breath, I'm not going to fall backwards. I love Brother Weems, I like to pick on him a lot. And anybody else in this congregation today, if I were to come to you and you ask me who you're looking for, 
If you see me after service and you're like, who are you looking for? And I'll tell you who I'm looking for. And you say, well, I am that person. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to be astonished. And it's not going to blow me off my feet and knock me on the ground. But when they came in contact with this man. <laughs> and he says, who do you seek? Who are you looking for, boys? They said, I'm looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. I am. You know, honestly, if Brother Dale told me, yeah, I am, I am, I'm like, you are what? Well, what are you? <laughs> um, who are you? Most of us would respond, I am Dale Davila. I am, I am Brandon Hilton. I am, I am whoever I am. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't even say, I am he. But the Bible says, he says, I am. I am what? Think about it. Think about it. I am what? That leaves it open. So what do you need today? Think about it. I'm not asking for answers or shows of hands. But what do you need today? Whom do you seek today? What are you looking for today? Jesus is the I am. Jesus is the Almighty. Jesus is whatever it is that you came in this place looking for. He is that answer. Amen. You, you understand that this was not just, I made a mention of it earlier. Some folks say that he's just another prophet. Some say that he's just another martyr for the faith. But he's not, he's much more than that. Look at this. John chapter 10 verse 30. He was there teaching. And he said unto them, he said, I and my father are one. In another place, he, he tells his disciples, he says, in fact, Philip says, show us the father. And it suffices us. Jesus looks at him in verse 9 of John chapter 14 says, Jesus said to him, have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen my father. And how sayest thou then, show us the father? I know this is probably an old uh, object lesson, but Dad, can you come here for a second? Me and my dad, you can ask my mom, you can ask my wife, you can ask my siblings. Me and my dad say a lot of the things the same. I've had people tell me that me and dad, me and dad walk about the same. Um, we react to things about the same. And I've had some folks say that we even look alike to some aspect. <laughs> but if I were to walk up to somebody that's never met my dad, and I was to look at them and say, if you've seen me, you've seen my father, 
That would not be accurate. It would not be accurate. Because no matter how much I act or maybe even look like dad, I am not him. Now, I could say that I look like my dad. If you've seen me, you, you see somebody that looks like my father. You, if you've seen me, you've seen somebody that acts like my father. But I couldn't say that if you see me, you've seen my father. Why? Because we're two different people. Distinctly two different people. Thanks, Dad. But you've got to understand, Jesus Christ and the Father are not two different people. They are one in the same person. Hallelujah. Don't have a lot of time to teach on this, but just think about it. If you got some questions, Pastor Riggin did a wonderful job teaching about this last week, and I will butcher it if I tried to teach it again. I promise I am not my pastor in any form or fashion. I can't teach like him. He's phenomenal. Get the CD, get, get, go online, listen to it there. But understand this. That Jesus and the Father, Isaiah 9.6. Can you get Isaiah 9.6? Up there. We will look at this real quick. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Who is the subject here? The son, right? A son is given. Okay, you see the colons there? The colon is just saying, I'm about to describe what I just talked about here so here's a list of things that describe the son okay the government the government's going to be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor first of all the mighty god he is going to be called the mighty god did we change people here that we're talking about no we're still talking about the son the everlasting father wait a minute wait a minute we're talking about the son But Isaiah said that the son is going to be called the everlasting father. And he is the prince of peace. Understand that the son of God, he was born of flesh. Flesh is flesh. God is a... Oh, good. Everybody knows that. Amen. God is a... Jesus Christ is a... He is a son. I meant to say thee. But you got the picture. I am flesh. What you see before you is flesh. I have a spirit. Jesus Christ is the son. He is the flesh. But inside that flesh dwelt the existence of the almighty God Amen. That old spirit that, that dwells in all of eternity, that dwells in all the universe, that spirit that spoke things into existence in Genesis chapter 1, that spirit that, that, that raised up the dead time after time, that spirit dwelt inside Jesus Christ. That's why you could see, he could say in John chapter 14 verse 9, have I been so long time with you? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? You've seen him, Philip. He's standing right here before you. If you're going to see anything about the Father, you're going to have to look at me. 
I am the father, Philip. I am the one that created you in the womb. I am the one that created all of the universe. I am the one that is offering eternity for those that are here in this room today. I am, I am, I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. You understand? I'm not up here talking about two different entities. I'm not up here talking about some some something that was made up by man. But I'm telling you, in the scripture, I have shown you scripture after scripture of who Jesus Christ really is. He's not just an ordinary man. He is an unordinary man. Hallelujah. He is filled with the awesome God that we serve. Hallelujah. He is that God. Hallelujah. And he came and he died for you and me. Hallelujah. There is only one God that we serve. Hallelujah. There is only one God that we can find salvation in. Hallelujah. Allah is not somebody that I'm going to find salvation in. Buddha is not somebody I'm going to find salvation in. Muhammad, you name it, you're not going to find salvation there. You tell me which one of those men died for their followers. You tell me which of those men sacrificed themselves for those that follow them. You won't find one. In fact, you're going to find that Allah requires that you die for him. Amen. Romans tells us that we ought to, li- to, to offer ourselves a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. What good are we going to do the kingdom of God if we're dead? But we are to live ourselves up to God a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him and guess what that's just my reasonable service amen Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 tells us that there is only one body and one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling verse 5 says one Lord and there's one faith and there's only one baptism and there's one God and he is father of all who is above all and he is through all and he is in you all He's talking to the church here. So if you if you if you never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then you need to get to where the Father is in you. This one God, Jesus Christ, is his name. Hallelujah. Jesus is our salvation. Let's look at Matthew 1 and 21. It says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Jesus told Zacchaeus that he was to, that he was sent to seek and save those that are lost. Luke chapter 19 verses 9 through 10. And I'm coming to a close, Sister Becca. And Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Jesus went by one day and he saw Zacchaeus. We're going to back up here in in Luke chapter 19. Go back to verse number one. Jesus entered and he passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. Let me pause here for a second. Zacchaeus woke up that morning. It was another ordinary day 
until he got wind that Jesus was coming by. And something welled up inside of Zacchaeus. And when he found out Jesus was coming, the Bible says, and he sought to see Jesus. When you're seeking to see Jesus, he wanted to see this man he's heard so much about. Probably expecting a miracle worker, somebody that was popular with a lot of folks around him. That's what he expected. I don't know. I don't see where it says in here that Zacchaeus went looking for God. I don't see where it says that in here. But Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus. Just like the men were back in the, in, in the few days to come, they, they were there in the Garden of Gethsemane seeking Jesus of Nazareth. And they ran into the God of the universe, somebody they weren't expecting. But Zacchaeus, verse number three, and he sought to see Jesus who he was. He was looking to see who he was. And he could not because he was too short. And he ran before, verse 4, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. A rich man. How many rich men do you see climbing into a tree just to see somebody coming by? But Zacchaeus, he was desperate. Zacchaeus was ready to see the Lord. He wanted to see Jesus. He's heard so much about him. He didn't wake up that morning seeking him, it doesn't look like, but then he heard he's coming. He said, you know what I want? I want to see him. I've got to seek him out. I've got to find him. I want to see him. I've watched how he's changed other folks' lives. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to seek out this Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, <laughs> Jesus came to the place. I don't see any hesitation. But when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. As soon as he got there, he looks up. And he saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. And come down for today. I must abide at thy house. In our text, Jesus went forth to meet those that were coming, seeking. Here in this passage, somehow, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was in that tree. I'm going to say probably if I was just walking around, I have a lot of, and, and you think he was crowded with people all around him. Just an ordinary man would have probably walked on by that tree that day. Not even acknowledged that Zacchaeus was there. And Zacchaeus probably would have went home feeling satisfied that he saw Jesus in Nazareth that he's heard about. But when Jesus got to that tree, regardless of what was going around him, he looks up and he saw Zacchaeus in the tree and he tells him, come down because Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. And he made haste, Zacchaeus, this is 
And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the multitudes around him, they murmured, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, the Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And this is when we come and we find Jesus saying unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Today, I've come to tell you that Jesus has come to meet you. Whom have you come to seek? Did you come just to satisfy your conscience today? Go home feeling good that you went to church today. That's how I feel Zacchaeus probably went to the tree. He went, I want to see this man. I've got to be satisfied. I've, I've, I've gone. I saw him. Now I can tell people, I saw the Lord. I saw Jesus. I've done that. I've seen, I've seen celebrities and I've, you know, I've bragged to people about it. But the Lord's come today to this house. To this house. Can we all stand? And the Lord says, I must abide at this house today. Why? Because he knew there was somebody here today that was seeking him. Somebody that needed change in their life. Let me tell you something. When Jesus comes in your life, you will never be the same again. You find this man, Zacchaeus. He was a publican. He was a tax collector. These men, how they made themselves rich is they, they claimed that you owed more taxes than you really did. And then they would pocket the extra. But when the Lord came into his house, something changed. And he began to pledge to Jesus, I'm giving it all back. Whatever I've stolen, I'm giving it back. And then I'm giving half of my goods to the poor. Something happens inside of your heart and your life. When the Lord steps in, and he's here today. I felt him try to come into this place several times this morning. I feel like he's still here tugging on somebody's heart this morning. Jesus didn't come just to have a good story to look back on once a year. He wasn't born in a, in a manger. He wasn't born of a virgin. He wasn't hung upon an old rugged cross for no reason, just to make another good story. But he did it for you, that you could be changed forever. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. My question to you is, what are you going to do today? Are you going to be satisfied that you saw and you felt the Lord once more? And you go home and 
nothing's really changed or you will you come to an altar and lay it out before him because he's standing and he will meet you at the altar amen I don't know what you came for I don't know what you came looking for but I can tell you that the almighty God is here today what are you going to do how long have you been seeking for him amen can we all pray this morning no accidents the Lord knows who's going to be here I prayed this morning I said God you know who's going to be here you know who's who what their needs are you know what changes need to be made and I asked him that he would put his words in my mouth the Lord the Lord is here today how are you going to respond these altars are open this morning hallelujah won't you come? Won't you come? Hallelujah.